are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome back to another edition of Locked On Seminoles. I'm your host, Drake, and to my left, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm joined by the ever-so-beautiful, ever-so-sun-kissed Mr. David Wise. Davey, what's up, beautiful? What's going on? Ready to ready to come off a win this week, and uh, yeah, can we do two in a row, Drake? Can we do it? I, I mean, you're, you're you tell me, man. I mean, like you're the stat guy, so I wonder what you I want to know what you think about that. But I, before I guess we dive into that, I kind of want to get your thoughts. First off, everybody, thank you so much for letting us be your first listen each and every day, whether it be on your way to work, on your way you know to the gym, or maybe you know right before bed. So thank you guys so much for the love and support. And as you know, as you know now. We are actually on YouTube as well. So if you head over to Locked On Seminoles, please leave the like, share, and subscribe if you can. And we all love you for it. So, Dave, I know you're saying we can maybe build off, you know, a win here and a win there. But before I think we go into that, I want to take some some notes on the press conference that happened the past, this past Monday. Do you mind if me if we, uh, if we do that first? Let's do it. So when Mike Norvell was like toward the end of his press conference, there was one question that kind of stood out. I forgot who asked. I think it was either... Maybe it was Aslan from Warchant Court Clark that they were asked about Jordan Travis. And then Mike Norvell saying, you know, there's a reason why, you know, we believe in Jordan Travis as our starting QB. He's the starting QB for the reason. And for, I don't know, I'm speaking for myself personally. I quite honestly don't believe that, um, in my personal opinion, from the way we saw him handled in the Jacksonville State game, the sort of, you know, two QB system we had against Wake. So I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that before, you know, dive into UNC. Yeah, it just makes me wonder what changed. I mean, the first game against Notre Dame, Jordan Travis was the start of the whole game. Mackenzie Milton came in, was the hot hand, and they let him finish the game out. They didn't have to do that. After the very first play he came in, they could have taken him out. And then from there, obviously there were some injuries on Jordan Travis's part to deal with, but didn't seem like the issue was Mackenzie Milton, according to the coaching staff. And I, like you, question whether they even believe the words coming out of Mike Norvell's mouth. Though, you know, you and I haven't been the biggest Jordan Travis uh, fans in terms of thinking that he can lead us to uh, where we want to be as a football program. But even I'm not convinced after that last game that he's not the best option we have amongst what I would consider bad options. I just don't think the staff knows what the answer is, and I think that's why he had to say that. Yeah, I don't think the staff knows what the answer is, but also I think it's really unfair, I think, personally, to Jordan Travis because we're saying, like, oh, he's been the number one guy, you know, since day one, since, you know, we started off everything, where, my guy, your actions speak a lot louder than the words you're speaking on that day, on that press conference, because you don't say that, that he's your guy, he's your number one, if you keep him benched against Jacksonville State. You don't say that if you have been putting Mackenzie Milton as your starter for the past two, three games, and also you listen to Mackenzie Milton as a starter, up until kickoff this past weekend against Syracuse. So yeah. to me, that was one of the things that were, I'm like, it's, we, I know you're right. We, we're not the biggest Jordan Travis fans on this podcast. Like, you know, that's more Max's thing, but like he has done a lot for this team. And quite frankly, he's the main reason why we did win on Saturday. Now yeah. we can litigate, you know, when Max gets back, whether or not we think he's the start of moving forward, like for next season, me personally, I'm more on the, I need to see what Chubba does. Hopefully we can get him in, you know, after UNC, if we're getting blown out or for, you know, being the crap out of them or likely the former, but I do think it's really unfair to him as a player and him as a kid because you can tell the kid has worked really hard and he came back when he's been injured with his shoulder and his knee. So, Yeah, he's tough. And at this point, um, I think 
I think we have to roll with them according to, you know, them taking that org designation off this week. I think that's a big deal. I think they finally won with him starting and they said, okay, well, he won a game. So that's who we have to go with. And also, if we're being completely transparent here, um, all four of Mike Norvell's wins are due to Jordan Travis. Mike Norvell's <laughs> right. only won four games as the head coach at the Florida State University. It's because of Jordan Travis. So you got you got to be a little you got to put some more respect on my guy's name over here, man. The man's literally taking he's, he's putting his body on the line for him. But I mean, you're right though. So hmm. now it's just more that I want to say I think that more I think me, you, and I, and the fan base as a whole is a little more. We wanted more from the season, and now we're kind of like still stuck yeah. looking for answers whether or not in the quarterback. Because me and you were hyping up Mackenzie Milton. He has not been anywhere close to where we needed to. And also, he, from your stat, I mean, you pulled, he is the worst quarterback in the Power 5 per advanced metrics, which is yeah. unfortunate. And now we can't even see Toe Purdy now in the mix. So I think it's more that, I think we're trying to echo the sentiments of a lot of, you know, the fan base where we're not where we want to be. But after a win against Syracuse, I think we're on kind of, you know, on, on sort of the right direction moving forward. I think the problem for a lot of fans is that it's not sexy to not have a guy that can't throw to the football past the line of scrimmage. And, you know, as dynamic as Jordan Travis is on the ground, and there is no questioning that he just broke the all-time rushing record for a Florida State quarterback. That's a big deal. We've had Charlie Ward. Uh, but, again, I think people hearken back to the Jameis Winston times when throwing the ball was easy and fun, and even after that, uh, DeAndre Francois could throw a football, and for the first season he was here, James Blackman could, and then ever since then, we just we haven't been good at the whole forward pass thing. So let's move on to the UNC preview, but before I do, folks, I need to tell you all about my friend, or sorry, our friends over at Sweatblock. Now, as you can see, now that we're in a video format, your boy's a little bit, uh, little bit heavy set, a little bit thick, if you will, as you can tell by my t-shirt, right? So one of the big things that I have a problem going out with is that I need to find the proper, you know, t-shirt and clothing for my going out clothes. And it's always either I'm wearing a black or a dark gray or something to hide my sweat stains because, you know, I'm a sweaty guy. That was until I actually found out about sweat block. Now, me, Max, and Dave, Dave, not as much because he's not as sweat. He's in better shape than the two of us. But for sweat block, I mean, it is doctor created, doctor recommended. It's a dry shirt guarantee. You can get it at CVS, you can get it at Amazon. And folks, since I've gotten this, your boy now is rocking, you know, the, the coral shirts, the pink shirts, the light colors that, you know, I just love so much, especially being down in the there South Florida go. area. So please just head on over to Sweatblock. You can get it 20% off of your first order of it from sweatblock.com by using the promo code locked on. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. And, you know, get it for yourself. You know, get it for a loved one because, folks, trust me, Sweatblock is the real deal. Sweatblock.com, promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for 20% off your order. Now, Dave, that we have discussed the quarterback controversy, or like you know now as something more that the faux pas than my personal pain where Mike Norvell was speaking a little out turn at the press conference. Let's yeah. move on, turn the page to the game this weekend. So a lot of people are wondering whether or not we can recapture lightning in a bottle this year against UNC on Saturday, especially because we're traveling to Chapel Hill. I kind of yeah. want to know what are your expectations going into this game, and then after that, kind of want to know what do you want to see from this team heading into UNC. So the interesting thing about this game is that UNC is easily a worse team than they were last year. Florida state is, I believe definitely a better team than they were last year. And yet I'm fully expecting a markedly different result than we got last year. 
what's weird about UNC is depending on where you look, like whether you look on SP plus or F slash plus or PFF, you get some different things on UNC. Like ESPN has them the number two offense in the country, right? That's not surprising. They have Sam Howell at quarterback, but you slide over to PFF and according to them, UNC is better at running the ball, like substantially better than they are throwing. They're still a very good throwing team, but they're even better at running. And our run defense this year has been solid. So that's not what I'm worried about. What I do worry about is UNC just opening things up and throwing the ball 50 times with Sam Howell to see if our DBs, which has been along with linebacker, obviously the weak link of the defense, to see if they can cover all game. UNC doesn't have the greatest receivers, but it's a scary proposition with Sam Howell, who's, like you've told me, been better at running the ball this year, and the arm talent hasn't gone anywhere, although the production's been a little down. I don't look forward to facing that offense, and it's the line 17.5, and we've talked about this. If we cover that line... I don't care what the score is, I'll be happy. Because I could see them dropping a 50 bomb, and that's all I want to avoid, honestly. Do you think then, because, like, I mean, I'll give you my perspective on it, you know, towards the end of the show, but, I mean, if you see them when they've played, like, really, really bad teams or teams that are in their perception is poor, they play Georgia Tech, they lose by 20 points. They play the team the week after in Duke, they win by 31 points and they, they dominate the entire game. What do you think is the reason behind all that? I don't know. I mean, it's obviously just an inconsistent team week to week. Um, their defense has not been great. That's That was a problem against Georgia Tech. The only thing – it's funny. You made a comment earlier this week to me and Max that their run defense is garbage. What's funny is their run defense is the strongest part of their defense. They're terrible at coverage. They're terrible at tackling. They're terrible at getting to the quarterback. They're actually okay at run defense, which is not my favorite thing to hear because running the ball is what we're good at. So if that's the one thing they're decent at on defense, that to me says we should come out with a game plan to try and throw the ball. I just don't know that we're equipped to do that. We might be, and to go back to your run defense again, like I know per PFF, their run defense is like I think in the top fifty in the country. You know, per yep. one yep. per one thirty FBS teams, I can tell you because like that's the one of the teams I'm assigned to for Lockton ACC. And folks, by the way, for know your foe, we have Kansas Cooper on on Friday. Don't forget to miss that. Don't forget to uh, check in on that. But their defense primarily is extremely, extremely young, just like ours. So a lot of their issues around as being one, they're. A lot of them are 19 and 20, except for one interior defensive lineman who's been there for four to five years. Like that defense, in my personal opinion, in the next two to three years, is going to be a top 10 defense because their trenches are built with five and high, five star and high four stars. And then with yeah. the DBs, it is kind of shocking that their coverage isn't that great, primarily because it's led by a Tony Grimes, who was their the crown jewel of that class with Sam Howell in 2019. So yeah. It's going to be really interesting to see that because their run defense has been really poor. And then you mentioned the poor tackling. Their two losses this year to Virginia Tech and to Georgia Tech actually are their lowest graded you know, tackling games. I think one was a 46 and one was a 51. And that's one of the big things that Candace Cooper, unlocked and see, like always, you know, she kind of vents to me on Friday <laughs> where she's literally like, it's like, like one of the biggest things that makes me angry is the lack of tackling on this team. So that's yeah. one thing that, it might play to our advantage because if we see Trayshawn Ward and Chishan Corbin and Jordan Travis in space, 
there's some slippery dudes and they've got some great they got some great moves and they might hit a few juke sticks on Saturday. Yeah, the weakest the second weakest part of their entire team is coverage. Um, our receivers notoriously this year have not been great at route running, at getting separation. And this would be a good statement game, wouldn't it? If there's a chance for us to win this game, it's likely going to be because the receivers stepped up and put themselves in a position for JT to hit them, not contested catches every time, and you know, in a position where they can run after the catch. It, that's going to be crucial if we have a chance to win this game. The receiver play, I think, is the X factor for us. Uh, so that means you're going to see, are going to see a lot of Keyshawn Helton. You're going to see a lot of, you know, Malik McClain. Like, what do you mean by, because like the receiver play, if we saw from the one time it worked with Syracuse, it was more a lot of stuff towards screen passes or maybe using screen passes to develop something else. Like what, what is that? Do you need to see from your receivers that day? I don't know. I mean, so if you're UNC and you've watched tape on FSU this year, I think you would be surprised to see FSU come out and just try to throw the ball over the middle and deep part of the field, right? Like, that would be a complete tendency breaker. That would be uncharacteristic of both the play calling and the skill set of this offense. So if you're trying to go out and you're trying to surprise UNC, we jumped out to a big lead last year. That was a major part of the reason we won. If, if, we, if we're going to do that again this year, I think it's because we're going to take a chance and try to break tendency completely by throwing the ball all over the yard and not just at the line of scrimmage. And again, that that plays into the fact that they don't cover all that well. So it's not like it would just be a ridiculous strategy. The problem with it is it lends itself to going three and out a couple times in a row, and suddenly you're down 10 nothing, 14 nothing. We set up a lot of good plays against Syracuse with those screen passes. Um, we set a lot of – I want to see a little more of the youth movement as well with like a Darian Williamson coming back. Also, I think that one of the big things, that, you know, before we go to the break, I'll kind of tease a little bit, is going to be in the trenches. Primarily that our offensive line against their – players such as a uh, I want to say his last name is Fox and Miles Murphy that's going to be a sort of point of attack and also their offensive line has been sort of not not abysmal but has a lot has been has left a lot to be desired primarily you know they've like we've had the injury bug we've been discussing that over the past few weeks theirs I think has had I think seven to eight different starting line combinations and that's yeah. an offensive line that is the primary reason for the struggles with UNC but before you know we discuss a little more of that let me, t- let's, let me tell y'all about our friends over at rockout.com. Folks, I said it before. I said it again. My uncle, shout out to Francisco, she did up in Panama, has been a mechanic in Delaware Beach for over 20 to 30 years. Rockout.com has been servicing the family, servicing the community for the past 20 years as they are the one and only one-stop shop for your all your auto part needs. Why would you spend an extra 30%, 50%, or even 100% markup on whether it be brake, brake fluid, brakes, lights, or even, you know, carpeting or seatbelts when you can just go over to rockout.com. And trust me, folks, if it's good enough for my uncle, it's good enough for you. So head on over to rockout.com right now and write locked on their how'd you hear about sections because they know that we sent you with their main selection, the reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And trust me, the Francisco doesn't lie. That's a spot, folks. And once you're done rockout.com, head on over to bandline.ag where now I'm going to put Dave. Dave, it's, you know what time it is? Oh, I do. Fade Dave time, folks. Fade Dave. Fade Dave is back. And actually, you hit your last pick with me, actually. You hit the, I think it was Penn State over Auburn, I think you did. Oh, that was easy, yeah. Yeah, that was easy. Sorry, sorry, Nate. I know you're listening. He's a big Auburn fan. But I'm going to give you a line of the week real quick. I'm going to give you a team that primarily, it's going to be a big game. It's something that me personally actually have a lot, I have a lot of action on this game, is the Red River rivalry. 
Yeah, Red River Rivalry. Try to say that three times fast, Dave. We got Oklahoma and Texas. Oklahoma is only a minus three and a half point favorite. Dave, what do you got in this game? So you got a five and zero Oklahoma team and a four and one Texas team, right? I'm going to bet against Oklahoma every single time they're playing. I don't care who they're playing. Spencer Rattler is the most overrated player in the entire sport of football this year, both NFL and college. I don't want to hear anything more about this team. I don't want them anywhere near my playoffs. They're not good. They have to be one of the worst 5-0 and Power 5 teams in the history of college football. I don't even think Texas is that good. I just know Oklahoma is that bad. Give me Texas in the points. Now, before we uh, you know, go to our next our next little section here, is, are you sure you're not saying that because you know for week one they didn't cover against was it Tulane and also they didn't get the total as well? I know you took that that week. That's not the only reason I'm saying that, Drake. I'm saying that because Spencer Rattler is an awful football player. He's not good at the sport of football. That's why. So, folks, take Texas plus three and a half per Dave. And honestly, folks, that's actually <laughs> I took at the beginning of the week as well. I think Texas has a better quarterback, a better running back, and right now, honestly, the better coach too. I know Lincoln Riley over there has been getting a little too cute with his passing with his passing calls. So, let's go over to Texas plus three and a half as a family. Not a show lock, but I think it's close enough to that. So now we're going to wrap up the show today, Dave. Dave, one of the big things actually we were discussing before was the offensive line play. And yeah. with UNC, it's a primary reason why Sam Howell actually has been forced to kind of escape and leave the pocket, if you will. Because if you see a lot of his games, whether it be against Georgia Tech or Virginia Tech, I think Virginia Tech is the prime example where he kind of was borderline running for his life. So what exactly do you see up front and, you know, us needing to do to actually to force that to happen? So if you look across their offensive line, um, they have two starters on the O-line that grade above average in pass blocking. And that being said, we've had the – it's weird. If you go look at our pass rush rankings, it says we're like 40-something in the country. That just doesn't feel right. I've seen it firsthand, our sack numbers. I've seen Jermaine Johnson's impact on the game. It's not just that we're better than last year. It's that I think we are a really good pass rushing team. Uh, both inside and out, but including from the interior D linemen. I think you're going to have to get really aggressive with that pass rush to the point where it's probably going to open up some rushing lanes for Sam Howell at times, but you're going to have to let these guys pin their ear back because you're going to have to get him off his spot and make Sam Howell uncomfortable and running for his life if you want to win this game. So do you think that we, you know, we just, they just announced, I think on Monday that Dennis Briggs is out for the rest of the year. Yeah, that's tough. And not only that, Malcolm Ray didn't play last game. Whether or not be an injury, whether or not be for other reasons, we don't know. So the depth right now for the line is kind of limited. We went from a, I want to say like a three deep. Now we're, I think we're mainly playing with Kier and Robert Cooper. Do you think that's going to play a factor as this game goes on because of the athleticism of Sam Howell and those running backs, whether it be Ty Chandler or Caleb Hood? Well, yeah, of course. So Dennis Briggs, you know, we had, we talked a lot about him when he came back at the end of the year last year. He was impactful from the get go. And, it wasn't just that. He improved arguably more than any other player on this defense from last year to this year. He was, I think they put out a stat that he was one of the four or five highest graded, five highest graded pass rushing interior D yep. linemen on the entire season in the country. Dennis Briggs. And that's just a huge loss. The good news is that we still have Coop, who is our highest graded player on defense. We still have Fabo, who we've talked a lot about this this week and last. He's had a huge impact, uh, but it's tough to replace a pass rush like that. 
he, he was by far the best pass rushing grade on this team. Jermaine Johnson, obviously, nationwide leader in sacks, he's going to have to step up. I don't see you replacing that production in the pass rush from Cooper and, and Lovett. I don't think they're those same kind of players. I think they're those kind of gap fillers and ed, not edge setters, but they're the kind of guys that make it tough to do anything in the middle rather than Briggs, who's the kind of guy that almost like an end, and he's kind of a tweener-ish in his size that can do kind of a quick move, right? Yeah, I mean, that's where primarily I think this game's going to be one is the trenches, and that's going to be the yeah. one. That, I mean, I said it before, I, I hate to beat a dead horse, but that's pretty, pretty much what it is. It's just more... I'm really worried that because last year the problem was we got off to a hot start. We were up, we were up like what twenty-seven to ten going into Something half, like that, yeah. and then we scored only three points the rest of the game. And then yep. and then we kind of we didn't. You know how we said against Notre Dame, even though now it's kind of a facade that we were so close to steal a victory. Last yep. year we were just trying to do everything in power just not to lose and just hold on. So I'm yep. just really worried that if this game gets really not only physical but we're, it's requiring our linemen to run all over the place that. We don't have the depth or even the quality depth to sort of stay in the game and keep it not even close. Like, I'm kind of with you. Like, if we lose by 10 points, I'm fine by that. If we lose by 17, that's still covering. And to me, if you cover against a team like North Carolina, that's huge. So that's just more, I guess, my concerns that I just don't want to be gassed by the end of the day. And that's going to be the worst way to lose. Here's the thing. The question comes down to this. Do you want to try to win the game? If you want to try to win this football game, you're going to have to take some massive risks. Like I said... You're going to have to have our, our D-line pinning their ears back. And and when you do that, you're just going to open up rushing lanes. They're going to run past the quarterback. Sam Howell is going to have room to run. That's going to happen. But if you're not aggressive in this game, both in terms of your coverage, in terms of your attempts to, to blitz, in terms of your D-line pressure, and, and in terms of on the offensive side of the ball, like I said, maybe changing up your entire game plan and breaking tendency, trying to throw it all over the place. You don't do those kind of things. I just don't think you can keep up with an offense like this. It, it just seems unlikely to me. So, yeah, if you try those kind of risks, could you lose by 25, 30? Yeah. If you don't try that, could you lose by 25, 30? Yeah. So basically right now, all you're saying is you're basically just f- it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, look, go for it. You're not expected <laughs> to win this game. We're coming off a win. Try for the win. Take some risks. I'm not – and whoa, I am not saying a bunch of gadget plays. I do not want to see a bunch of bullshit where we're doing like flea flickers and I, I just don't, I don't want to see all that. And just again, break tendency. That is a trick play. Do what you're not expected to do. That's a trick play. That's the kind of stuff I want to see. I mean, that kind of thing. I think all of us want to see me personally. I would love to see maybe I just want to see a slant over the middle, be caught that I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. I know that's a really simple thing to ask, and I can't believe I'm asking a, a Florida State wide receiving core to do that in 2021, but that's something I really want to see because that defense, like you said, their coverage is bad. But also, yeah. if we get if we get players in space, in my personal opinion, in, unless their name is Tony Grimes, I think that we can out-athlete and out-maneuver our players with that, personally. So then I guess, Dave, I'm going to ask you, what's going to be basically your prediction for the night? All right, so I'm not going to do this thing where... I convinced myself that we're going to do the thing again and we do this whole thing where we listen to Max's speech and we think we're going to win the game. I've been hurt too many times this year and last year and the year before that, but mostly this year. I'm going to go in with the expectation that we're probably going to lose by a couple scores, probably 14 to 20, and 
I, if, if we do any better than that, and if it doesn't look like we were giving up at the end of the game, I'm going to come out of this happy. I mean, I think that's a very level-headed and reality-based response. That's why I'm not going with that. Folks, <laughs> personally, I am of the belief that trends are matter for a reason. And there are certain things in life that will never, ever, ever happen because God just won't let them happen. Me and Rihanna is at the top of the list. Clayton Kershaw being successful in the postseason as a starter is also on that list. Mac Brown is currently, as a head coach in FBS football, is 0-9 against Florida State. I know that people believe in the aggression and the mean. People said the same thing last year. Now, you can decide with Dave, who is you know basing his opinion and prediction on reality and stats, and quite frankly, that's a great argument. But, as I said earlier, that we are going to win this game again, just the same exact way. I predict maybe a 45 to 42 type of game that we're just going to cling on and keep a win. And that's my story. That's my truth. I'm sticking to it. Folks, thank you so much for the love and support. And thank you guys so much for allowing us to transition over to YouTube and help us with all, get the, all the kinks out and everything else. Right now, I got a new microphone. Dave, you know, we're dealing with internet and stuff like that. Max will be back on Monday. Please tune in tomorrow to our Know Your Foe series with Candace Cooper. We're having her on from the Locked On Network as well. She used to do Locked On, uh, she used to, she used to do Locked on Tar Heels. Now she's just Locked On AC with myself on Fridays. Well, she does Monday through Friday. I just hop on on Fridays. She used to do a little freestyle Friday action. And then also don't forget to stop by on Saturday for our gambling picks episode. We have Dane Domino coming on for his picks. But that's, for, that's it for us. Don't forget to like, share, or subscribe either on our podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast from. For myself, Drake, and my boy David, and we'll see you on Friday on Lockdown Seminoles. Go Noles. Go Noles. We're going to win this.